Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brand Design Masters podcast. I am here today with Jacob Cass, and Jacob is a good friend and colleague of mine. Um, We've ping-ponged on each other's shows in the past, and he's the principal of the award-winning branding agency called Just Creative. He's got clients that include Disney and Nike and Red Bull and Omega, some big clients, some small small to medium-sized businesses as well. He also hosts the Just Branding podcast and runs an industry-leading blog called Just Creative Blog. He also coaches and mentors other creative professionals in a mastermind coaching program he has that's called The Inner Circle. And he's coming to us today from Sydney, Australia. So with that, I'd like to welcome Jacob. Thank you very much, Philip. What an intro. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. It's really great to have you. I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, so let's talk. We're, we're both very much in the same place. We're actually doing a lot of some of the same things. So I think that we have a lot to talk about. Um, we both work with creative clients, obviously, but then also creative professionals kind of helping them navigate this, the creative economy that we're finding ourselves in now. Would you say that now is a good time to be a designer? I think it's the best time to be a designer. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's never been a better time, in my opinion, because there's so many opportunities available and we can do so much with our thinking. So yes, as a simple answer to your question. <laughs> So what, what kind of challenges would you say are that designers or creative pros are seeing these days? I mean, you have a, you have a special kind of insight to that because you run this coaching program. Um, so what are you hearing from people inside of the, uh, the inner circle? Well, it's, it's not just the inner circle. Well, it's the inner triangle. It's my little spin triangle. on it. Oh, there. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I misspoke. I misspoke. No worries, no worries at all. So in the inner triangle, yes. Um, so I have just so, some context. I have two groups. I have a inner, uh, an early career group which is uh, more beginners or people out of school or people transitioning into different roles. And there's also a pro group that are more established. So the different groups have different requirements or um, topics, I guess. I found in the, in, as a, an early career designer, often the discussions are about niching, positioning and setting up your business, getting systems in place and really understanding how to target customers versus the established um, Clients, they're, they're seeing more challenges in terms of competition and they're trying to scale up. They're trying to integrate more services into their agency, integrating more strategy into it. Um, print is going on the decline. There's more tools available for, um, I guess, smaller businesses to create their own designs. So that kind of market is shrinking. So that's directly having a knock-on effect for all of these other businesses. And I'm sure you've uh, well, I know that you've talked about this in, on your show as well. So it's definitely um, very rampant at the moment. And that's why this trend towards uh, brand strategy or solving bigger problems is so um, prevalent at the moment. Do you think that the, uh, the inner triangle and groups of that sort are you know, really in great need right now? Did you feel, are you hearing that designers feel that they are having a hard time networking or they, they don't have a tribe or it's hard for them to find you know, points of view and opinions of people to bounce things off of? There's a lot of noise. That's the problem. 
there's a lot of communities out there. There's a lot of fake gurus uh, and that's, people can be misled. So it's, uh, I don't, <laughs> I, I feel for people that have been misled or trying to or following people that haven't actually done things or aren't really speaking from real world experience. So I think the communities are larger than they have ever been before. So there's a lot of support and there's a lot of content and information out there that wasn't there, say, 10 years ago. So I think, um, as I said before, there's never been a better time because of that. Everyone shares their resources. The design community in general are very open and they share resources and they share, they don't see each other as competition or most people don't. And I I think that's especially prevalent on Instagram where everyone is competing in the same space, you're sharing resources and like carousel posts and all that sort of jazz. And it's, um, yeah, it's like, it feels like a community. At least that's what I'm feeling. So it's very important to be a part of that community, to engage and to learn from others and also share what you're learning. And that's really been the backbone of how I've grown um, my business over the years is just sharing value and sharing what I've learned and at that particular time. So when you're coaching a program or and I know that you have a Facebook group as well, what, what is the population like in terms of people who have full-time jobs in agencies or you know, client side or people who are freelancers or have their own thing? Yep. So the early career group, they're either just out of college uh, or are looking for a job. Some are trying to actually actively look for a job. Others are setting up their side hustle. So they have a full-time position trying to set up a side hustle. The other group is um, more established. So they're, um, they're actively growing their business or they have their systems in place and they're just um, going on about their, their daily business, but want the accountability and the clarity and the community with a, a group like that. And that's really what it, is, it provides. So there's a Slack channel. There's, um, there's a, a, like an Instagram group, um, private group and Facebook as well. So uh, every, everything is on hand and because it's a smaller, tight-knit community, you get to know each other better and you, you can rely on each other and the replies are generally quicker and more in-depth. And I find that um, on smaller communities, you may not get that depth or that one-on-one connection as, as well as a, a mastermind group. I'm not sure what your opinion is that and from your mastermind group. Well, do you find that, that you know, people know that they need this or when you are going out and marketing this to people and telling them that it's something that you offer, is it something that they kind of know exists and they're looking for one or is it something that's fairly new to them, this kind of mastermind idea? I'd say it's fairly new. So um, especially the, I, I get a lot of DMs about, about it, but um, they're just, they don't know if all the details are like what they're exactly going to get out of it exactly. So just talking to them and understanding their goals, I can see if they're the right fit or not. And that's really why I have this like screening process to ensure that they're, they're driven and they want, they're going to be a good uh, fit for the group that's already established so everyone can gel, right? And that's really been the basis of having this as a, um, or having such a strong group is because everyone gets along because they've been screened and they're driven to, to move ahead. And the retention rate's been amazing. Yeah, so the the your groups are ongoing, so they they don't have they're not time bound. So once you join, you're kind of in it and it keeps going. Yes, yep. So I, I know yours is like a twelve week program, whereas mine is a um, more of a group, uh, like a group that keeps going. Um, and yeah, well, two groups. Sorry. So uh, the both groups are basically the same size. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I cap the um, I cap them at twelve. They've gone. Um, yeah, the pro group is at twelve. The early career group, um, so I allow members to pause. So during the summer, a few people can pause their membership and then they can come back. So the early career group, I think there's about eight at the moment that are live. So there's room for about four more at present, but it goes up and down depending on people, like people's lives. Like some people are moving, some people are building a house, some people are 
like want a summer break. So I'm like, okay, you can pause whenever you like. I don't have any contracts or anything like that. So it's really about what they get out of it. And I want people to be getting value from it. And how you get value from something is like how much you put into it. And I know you have a question at the end of your show about this and this kind of ties into that. So how much, when you, when you run these groups, how much do you actually get involved in them? Do you actively participate or do you try to stay more on the sidelines and you know, facilitate the networking between people? Or what is, what is kind of the percentage of Jacob that they get? So how they're structured is there's generally 10, 10 people in a group. There's always like two people sick or can't make it. So it's generally about 10 people. Um, every person has about 10 minutes as a hot seat or you can bring up your wins, you bring up um, any challenges you have that week and we talk about the goals for the future as well. Um, sometimes um, other people chip, chip in as well. But generally, I just ask questions to see how they're moving um, to get them talking, right? I don't want to be the one talking. But if they're asking for advice or um, tips for a particular question, then I can come in, offer my perspective as well as the group. And there's a very active chat as well when this is going on. So people share their resources as the chat is going on. So that's what's super valuable. Um, And the Slack channel as well, the in-between sessions can help people um, in between each week, right? So... I get, I'd probably say that I'm talking, I don't know, I don't know, 20% of the time and everyone else is talking the rest of the time, um, as long as you've asked the right questions. So that's really, uh, especially in the early career group, figuring out what they want and how to get there. I find get, making, empowering them to uh, figure out solutions on their own is, is really what empowers them to, to build their business versus like me telling them, this is how you get clients. This is how you build your business. It's like, it's too instructional, right? Right. So it's, the more I learn about coaching um, and go through the process of doing that, I find that's the best way to empower people. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. BYOL.me is a top tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year. At byol.me forward slash Philip, you can learn everything from the basics to advanced aspects of your favorite Adobe applications, all for one low monthly subscription fee. Visit byol.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. Again, that's byol.me forward slash Philip. I just know you're going to be amazed at Bring Your Own Laptops courses. So let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about your, you've run an agency, had some very big clients, some medium-sized clients, but now you've also started to build a personal brand and become an influencer in the branding and design space. And so how, when did that kind of dawn on your career? When did you kind of pivot, you know, adding on that layer of influencer content development that, that kind of led to this larger scope of your, your world? Yeah, it's a good question. I, so I st- just to give a little bit of backstory, I started my site called Just Creative Design at the time, which was in 2007. And that was a design blog that I used to share my university studies and design studies. Um, and I was just sharing on there. Was pretty, the landscape that back then was very different. But there was a smaller community and there weren't many bloggers. And I really got into this blogging world back then, um, which is a little bit different to what it is today, which is all about content marketing and so forth. Um, it's just a different name, less humanity. But back then, it was very, um, very small communities. And I got exposure to the blogging world. And I was like, wow, what is this? Uh, and I, could re- I realized that 
there's so much opportunity here in terms of creating your, your own business and uh, earning money from your blog and creating a profile for yourself and a brand for yourself. So I use that as a the foundation to build my influence and to, to share what I was learning at every point of my journey. So back then, it was university studies. These days, it's brand strategy. Somewhere in between, it was like logo design and brand. So at every single point of my time um, since 2007, it's always been about sharing what I'm learning and where I'm at and just resources. So that's how, how I've kind of grown my influence over, over the years and just by sharing value. And I think it's very, those principles are still very valid today. Um, but that's kind of how I've built my brand through um, blogging, content marketing, whatever you want to call it, social media, um, and just being active and engaging in, in the community. So you had your agency and then you, you know, built a blog and your blog became very popular and you, um, you also took an, a unique approach, which you shared with me before about the driving traffic to your blog by hiring external writers to do product reviews and things like that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's a really interesting, um, unique aspect of your blog that um, other people can learn from. Uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to give some backstory of what, just so people have the right context. In the beginning, it was um, me writing articles. It was very driven by me as a, as a brand. These days, it's, um, I have a lot of guest authors wanting to contribute to my site in return for a link um, from a high domain authority website. So that's kind of shifted from me to them and guest writers. And occasionally, I'll have my own articles sprinkled in. And I'm also hiring tech writers for my blog as well. So we're doing gear for designers and um, for well, mostly designers, but creatives and um, programmers and things like that. So it's kind of like a design and tech related um, niche. The idea behind that is for passive income uh, and affiliate marketing. So whenever I'm recommending these goods, I found this out when I was, I, someone contributed a blog actually. It was like the best laptops or something. Um, sorry to go on a tangent, but there's someone contributed um, an article on like the best laptops and I was getting some traffic and I was like, I really need to see how this can be monetized. So I found out that through Amazon, you can actually use their associates program to um, re- get referral links. So I found out that this um, this was actually a way to make money while also helping a lot of other designers out. Because when you're looking for something, right, you're like typing best laptops for designers, like boom. And then my article is coming up there. And I was like, this is getting a lot of traffic. I think we can scale this idea. So I just, I ended up hiring writers to research uh, more tech gear related for designers. So I just scaled this idea. And now there's hundreds of articles on tech gear for designers and developers. And that's, um, that's how I've been making passive income through Amazon Associates and other partners as well. So that's the reason, the long, <laughs> the long answer for you. Uh, that's the reason why I have these tech tech writers for my blog and it's because it is a win-win for everyone. And I just did a masterclass webinar on this on passive income, affiliate marketing um, to go all behind the scenes of how I do this if you're interested in it as well. So just wanted to shout that out. So for those of you who may not completely understand what uh, Amazon Associates or being an Amazon affiliate is, just a very quick explanation. If you... If you become an Amazon associate, when you go on an Amazon product, you can fu- you can get a link that's unique to you. And then when you post that as the link, wherever you post the link to the product, if someone clicks on that link and they go to Amazon and they buy the product, you get a small percentage. That person doesn't pay anymore. You just happen to get a percentage of that. The really great thing about it, though, is that if they go on to, say, buy a 
a microphone that you put in an article, but then they buy a laptop and a flat screen TV while they're there. You also get a percentage of those other things they bought too. So um, whatever that shopping visit brings in, um, it can be very lucrative if you get a lot of traffic on your links. So I just want to kind of share that with uh, listeners if they didn't really understand that, that aspect of it. So you have an agency and you also are an influencer and have a, you know, a growing and vibrant community. How do you balance those two things? Good question. So um, <laughs> how, does balance, how do we balance our work and life? So I have a pretty, pretty stringent schedule uh, in terms of just waking up and going to work. So um, it's, you just get into a routine and you have habits. Like in a nutshell, that's the, the real answer is the habits that you form. In terms of work-life balance or work-life integration, as I like to call it. I have a pretty loose system. I have a whiteboard system of like different projects that I have um, want to work on. Um, and I get, get shit done, really, based on what's most, in, most important or what's most urgent uh, at that time. And uh, I have the, the history of, of all that foundation set up for this to happen as well. So I have um, the, the website turning along. I have traffic coming in. I have an email newsletter. I have everything working together as a system um, to autom- be automated. So that means I have more time to focus my efforts elsewhere and grow in other, other ways. So um, the, the real secret is the systems and the habits, right? So that's how I balance my work-life balance. Um, and this was, I've, I learned a lot of this when I was traveling. So I traveled around the world for about three years while freelancing and running an agency. I only worked four hours wow. a day. I found, I found that I was super productive in the morning, first four hours of the morning. And then after that, just uh, I wasn't as productive. So I went to lunch and then had the afternoon off where I did tourists and just relaxed and had beer and all that good stuff. So um, but as long as I kept to those four hours in the morning, I, that habit of working and focusing on work, on the important stuff, then it got done. And that's the, the real secret if you can have habits and put these systems in play. So, so do you, I mean, between the, the community and the, you know, helping creative professionals and doing your content development and all those aspects and your clients, like when client work comes in, new clients, new projects, you know, you have an ongoing workload from your community, but then client work can ebb and flow, right? It can get very intense. It can slow down. So, and how do you maintain that balance between those two things? Because one is very kind of fluctuates and one is a little more constant. Yeah. So the client work always takes priority. So if the if deadlines, you always uh, adhere to the clients because you're helping them. Whereas uh, when you run your own business, you're, I, I guess you, you're helping yourself, but um, the reason you're in business is to help others. So once you have the client, you should really treat them with respect and and do the proper work, right? So uh, I, that's how I prioritize things is to to focus on the client work and then on my own brand after the fact. But the reason I can do that and I'm not always stuck in the weeds is because of those systems that were in, put in place, as I was talking about earlier. So how do you market um, your agency? Yeah. So I haven't done any advertising since 2007 or paid advertising. My marketing strategy has been an inbound marketing strategy. So I have a lot of content that ranks well on search, which is backed up by a lot of backlinks to my site because of all the, the content over the years. So my site gets ranked high, which means uh, I get more traffic to my site and then I don't have to pay for advertising or so forth. So it's a big mixture of content marketing relationship building and a constant, uh, I guess, being top of mind on social media. And that's really how um, I, 
I, I get clients and like, people find me, thankfully, which I'm very fortunate for. Um, and yeah, that's how I bounce finding clients. So do you have partners in your either in your agency business or do you have partners in your personal brand influencer business? Do you or do you do everything yourself or do you have VAs or what's that look like? So up until about a, a, a year ago, I, it was all myself. Occasionally, I would hire developers for website work. However, recently, I've hired a, a VA, um, some extra writers to, to really scale that Amazon affiliate side of things. Mm. Um, in terms of partnerships, I, I generally, what, makes, what my, makes my agency stand out or how I sell myself when I'm talking through the sales process or with my potential clients is that it's like a one-man shop and that does everything from um, A to A, soup to nuts, really. And that's really my point of difference that I can bring marketing design, um, strategy, business, uh, website design, branding, logos, like the whole mixed print work. That's like all my skill set. Uh, and that's really what um, I find that clients like in my work is because it's a whole agency, but in one person. They don't have to manage different things. Um, they can talk directly to me. And that's some of the biggest selling points of like what makes me different. And that's what I find works for me. Um, so lots of different skills in, in one package. So when you were coming up into, you know, into your own agency coming um, and, you know, it's starting to build your agency and get more clients, start your influencer kind of side of things, what kind of difficulties did you come up against and how did you ever overcome those? In hindsight, you can tell what the difficulties were, like what you were doing wrong because you know better now. It's just, I think it's the... There's a lot that comes down to mindset in terms of um, being the order taker or being or how you talk to clients and just how you run your business, right? The processes and the systems, these improve with experience. And you can't, there's no way to teach all of that to someone that's straight out of design school. You can't learn all this. It's through experience. And that's why experience is so useful because you have, you can have that hindsight or that uh, knowledge or vision to how to handle things better, how to close sales or how to talk to people, how to actually help people achieve their goals versus just executing on what they came to you for, digging deeper. So these, are, these things um, are really what I made mistakes on in the beginning of my career, hmm. especially when I was traveling. I, I, selfishly, I didn't want to talk on the phone. I was traveling. I never spoke to clients on the phone for about three years. I just didn't. I'm like, I did everything by email. But in hindsight, I could have uh, made better relationships with these clients if I, I talked to them. I had video calls and truly got to understand their needs versus then me just doing logos or branding work. I could do a little bit more focus on, be a little bit more focused on their business. And that's, um, I guess, the challenges that I, in hindsight, can look back on. So when you were, you know, it's easier to do that when you are not doing strategy, when you're doing design, you're doing websites, things like that. So now as you've gotten deeper into delivering strategy work and, um, you know, coaching, innovation, you know, business consulting, essentially, have you amped up that, you know, connection on the phone and the face-to-face on Zoom? Have you, so you're doing much more in terms of building relationships? Yep, totally. And that's, that's where I went wrong in the beginning. Wasn't, I wasn't doing enough human-to-human relationship building. These mm. days, the systems, well, let's put it in context. Before, it was like an email system, right? People contacted me by email, a contact form. I sent them a form to, um, for them to fill out, so I got a brief. These days, I have a calendar system. People book in on the calendar, 
I talk to them either face-by-face or on the phone. We get to know each other better. I can figure out if we're the right fit and I can figure out the, the deeper problems so I can help craft a proposal or some solutions that may not necess- necessarily have been what they were actually came to me for in the first place. Mm. Um, and it's only through that those asking these deeper questions that you can find this information out. So that, that's how my systems have changed now. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point that that discovery and that, you know, really diving into the client's problems is what really exposes what you can do to help them. And also many times exposes more opportunities for you to do more work than they even came to you for in the first place. So what kind of mentors or influencers or um, influences have you had in your career as as you've grown, where have those influences come from? So I haven't really had one particular mentor or someone that I followed like in detail um, for a long period of time. I've had a very diverse um, exposure to a lot of different people and businesses through um, the, the blog and communities on social media and all of that. So I've really learned from many different places and that's how I like to learn is from lots of different places and taking bits and pieces from different places and applying it to to my work. In recent years, I, I think um, Chris, Christo has had a huge influence on the whole industry. Uh, I love what he's doing for the industry as a whole. Um, where was he like a, a decade ago? Just really, really um, being open and uh, sharing everything for all his wisdom. It's, it's been great. Um, more recently, Mike Jander has, on Instagram has been amazing just to share his his um, side of things of how he ran an agency and being so open with it. Tom Ross, who runs Design Cuts, I've been a partner with him for, I don't know, seven years or now, seven years now. So we've gone back and forth a lot. I've helped grow his business. He's grow, helped grow mine. Uh, so we work together. So those, those sorts of people, some of them are close. Some of them are just more in the distance. So just learning from different people and applying it to, to me is what has helped. I think early in my career, it was my the smaller design communities that helped. So blogging, like commenting on blogs back then, was very um, it was very active, kind of like chat rooms or I guess the Instagram DMs now. But back then, it was very close knit, and you could learn from each other. So that was where my influence was back then. Um, and then throughout travel, I was pretty solo for like three years. I didn't really have any anyone that I followed. It was pretty just like I do my work, I do my travel, and then. That's it, right? You just enjoy life. So it's kind of it kind of changed. Did you get and I'm always very, very interested in where people find inspiration for what they do. When you were traveling and you said that, you know, you it was just kind of you did your four hours of work and you were traveling and you were experiencing life. Did you feel like you got inspiration for your work through that travel experience? Yeah, pe- people have asked that. And I, I don't think directly it affected my designs or anything like that, but mm. it it's um I think the exposure to different cultures is so powerful for anyone. Um, just be, it just gives you more empathy and um, it, lives, it opens your eyes to a lot of things, right? Yeah, like just say how fortunate we are in, in the first world countries and, and things like that uh, as well. But yeah, I, I don't think it's directly affected my designs at, at all, um, to be honest. Because mm. I, whenever I always design for the client, I, everyone has a style, right? But I, I like clean, minimal, clever designs. However, like if you go to an Asian country, for example, the aesthetic is totally different. So like I'm not bringing that into my work for, right. for, as one example, right? So Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm sure you've heard lots of marketers and creative pros and content creators say these words. Everything is going to video. 
So if you aren't already doing video, you really should be. But don't be fooled. Creating great video can be hard and super time consuming, but it doesn't have to be. I have an amazing resource my team and I use for YouTube videos and my agency's client work that totally rocks. It's called InVideo, I-N-V-I-D-E-O. InVideo is an online video editor that helps you make professional-looking videos from a huge collection of templates, images, and music available to use royalty-free in your videos right on the platform. With InVideo, you can stop spending thousands of dollars on outsourcing video creation and motion graphics. You can speed up and improve your video creation and editing process with their video templates and easy-to-use interface. There's no need to spend months learning Adobe Premiere or Apple's Final Cut Pro anymore. Just go to this URL, bdmpodcast.com slash invideo. That's bdmpodcast.com slash invideo. And just for listeners of the BDM Podcast, if you use the promo code PHILIP50, that's P-H-I-L-I-P 50, you'll get a 50% discount. What? Yes, Listeners of the podcast are going to get a 50% discount by using Philip 50. So make sure to check out NVIDIA today. It'll make your video production and effects a whole lot easier. Just go to bdmpodcast.com slash NVIDIA. That's bdmpodcast.com slash NVIDIA. And now back to the show. So let's talk about the future, not Christo's future, but <laughs> the future future. So. What do you see kind of expanding or coming into view or influencing, you know, in the marketplace right now? What should people be paying attention to? Well, the, we kind of touched on it earlier, the commoditization of design and the, the, the trend towards being a little bit more strategic in your work is definitely one. I think the, um, the leveling of education is another one. So everyone is has access to much more education these days and we're like the big Ivy League schools are being leveled out, right? The people how competing with like just like people like you and me is going to be interesting to watch how they're going to adapt because that whole field has changed. There's also a very big trend called blanding at the moment, um, which you'll notice uh, is very simple products or mostly consumer packaged goods that are very simple in nature. And what's interesting is that these, this came from these smaller brands trying to be different from the, the other um, mass-produced brands. And now the mass-produced brands are bringing out versions of these like bland products. So like the toothbrush industry, for example, you'll notice, <laughs> I'm not sure if you've followed that, but there's, there's like dozens of different toothbrush brands now. And even places like uh, brands like Colgate um, have brought out these bland versions of their toothbrush. So I think that's an interesting trend to watch. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting one. There was a, there was a, a food brand, a kind of a, a startup food brand called Brandless that was, mm. they basically were putting out generic food products, but it was done under the guise of kind of like, you know, the apple of food products, you know, the, and, and addressing the fact that millennials are kind of anti-brand essentially. And, but I think that Apple has had, you know, an incredible influence on branding and design anyway, but their aesthetic, how minimal that is and how simple that is, has kind of infected all sorts of different industries, but not in a good way. <laughs> it's kind of like they've lost, you know, they've adopted clean, minimal design for clean, minimal design's sake 
not for the benefit of the consumer or the communication of the brand experience, right? And so I, th- I think that's a very, very interesting observation. Yeah, like just uh, especially in consumer packaged goods where you'd like to see a photo of the, the product where like you get a packet of muesli, <laughs> yeah. for example, which just says muesli. Like, I want to know what type of muesli this is. There's, a t- there's so many different types out there. So it's just like, it's gone a little too far in some cases. But there are certain brands that I do um, admire for that aesthetic as well. It's just that it's been copied so so much and it's just getting a little bit um samey. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you what are you planning for the future? What do you have coming down the road? So at the moment I have um the inner triangle with the two coaching groups and I have a Facebook community and I have a news email newsletter. But um I want something in between these um I guess platforms, something uh, a little bit more accessible but with less noise. So Facebook has a lot of noise. Mm. Uh, and the inner triangle is very tight knit. So I'm, I'm thinking of bringing out a community that's in between, like a small p- um, paid membership community with less noise. So as a very small cost in, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking around 5 and $10 just for context, where it's that's like a monthly fee. But for that, you get access to discounts and special events or um, uh, webinars. I'm still fleshing this out, but with less less noise and the the idea that it would be a little bit more accessible and a little bit more tight-knit than some other communities out there. So that's been on my mind. Uh, I'm still podcasting, uh, still bringing out content, still blogging, uh, amping up the Amazon um, affiliate sales. And who else, who knows what else? I have like, <laughs> I'm looking at my, my uh, whiteboard up here and I have like an ideas list and it's like course, do I bring out a course? Do I have a book? Do I open a shop? Do I do a masterclass? An online seminar, a boot camp? Should I do some more virtual workshops? Like I have so many ideas. I just the hard thing is knowing what to focus on. But I think when you think about a community and what could work for others, the um, I think the the membership community is the the next step for me. So that sounds great. All those sound great ideas. You should do them all. But you're gonna have to, gonna <laughs> have to get some help, Jacob. Eventually. <laughs> I know. There's a very important question I want to ask you. I always ask my guests this question at the end, which is, do you have a personal mantra or personal manifesto that you try to live your life by? I do. And I, I, I knew where I read it first. It was, on, it was a magnet on my fridge as a kid. And it was, you only get out what you put in. I've never forgot that. So whatever you're doing, like you, you do it well and you, you, the, what you get out is exactly what you put in. So you focus your efforts and you get some something back. So that's really the mantra, how I live my life is it's you give and take, right? Well, Jacob, I got to say, you know, for someone who's pretty hooked into the design, professional design community, you are really putting in. And so I really want <laughs> to congratulate you for that. You've, you've done amazing things for the creative professional community and uh, everyone should be checking you out. So where can they find you? Where's the best place to, to come across what you're doing? Well, thank you. It was a pleasure being with, um, well, speaking with you and, and you had some great questions. So thank you. Um, and people can find me at my website, justcreative.com and all my social media handles are also the same. So I'm pretty prevalent on Instagram, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So they're my four ones that I focus on. A little bit on YouTube as well, but not as much, especially not as much as you, Philip. <laughs> but um, yeah, justcreative.com. Awesome. Well, Jacob, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate your coming on the Brand Design Masters podcast. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Cheers. 
If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.